0: Season 3, Episode 7, Chapter 42, The Man in Black. Fearful that he will be caught, Archie hits the road and ends up at a farm outside Riverdale where he meets Lori Lake. That's it? Yep, that's all the CW put out as their synopsis for this episode.
1: Good God, CW, your synopses are bad.
0: They really are.
1: I think it's laziness. They don't really care about that app that much.
0: I mean, with RAS putting out spoiler shit all the goddamn time... (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, what's the, what's the point? And I get it. Like, it really should just be, the synopsis should just be the man in black. And that's it. (laughs) I really liked this episode. I liked the three snippet parts. They got to the point quickly with each character. It would have been so easy for them to let each one of these stories be a full episode. And I'm really glad it was 15 minutes for each one. And that's it. Because that's all we needed to move on to the next stage.
1: That means they have a shit ton of stuff they're trying to do in the back 13 episodes as well. Maybe. We've been burned before. Oh, there's no trust with these writers?
0: (gasps) No. All right, let's recap this recap.
1: The parents played griffins and gargoyles. Hiram took fizzle rocks. The gargoyle king showed up at the Cooper house. Betty's at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Veronica broke Archie out of jail. Sheriff meant to bribe the Shadow Lake gang. Then he went to jail. Archie's leaving Riverdale. And time for the walking Archie.
0: Alright, so the first portion of this episode is Archie and Jughead on a road show.
1: <laughs> In a desolate wasteland. Where there are no men,
0: we get the title card that says Archie and Jughead, and then we get Jughead narration, but he is using a different voice
1: and he's using third person.
0: yeah, it's very it's a very mature voice.
1: He's narrating a novel as well, opposed to this story he's been writing.
0: Well, it it's almost as though all the other narration is from the book that he's written after all of the events have occurred. And this feels like a different set of stories. Mm-hmm. Like we are now, this is the short story addendum to things that he's already written.
1: Well, it is a side trip.
0: Well, it is. But it's just, they're, they're doing something. It'll be interesting to see how it could be called back to or used later on.
1: But don't forget. They might just drop it and forget about it.
0: Oh, like they do with a lot of stuff? Yes. Hey! Okay, so Jughead tries to call Betty, but she's not picking up because she's the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Archie's very like, hey, you should just go back and I'll be fine. And Jughead has this great line, and it's, Archie, no offense, but Betty took down a serial killer last year. You can't go for five minutes without being kidnapped or getting the crap kicked out of you. That was before you were marked for death by Hiram Lodge. <laughs> They keep walking, and they find this farm, which is actually the Kent family farm that we see in Smallville. Oh, whoopity doo! cw it's in universe leave it alone jughead wants to go but archie's like we got to we got to we gotta stay here
1: and thus begins the saga of dumbest dumb dumb archie yeah
0: they walk onto the property and this little girl pulls a gun on them <laughs> and she says they're trespassing and then out walks riley k hey and, look a movie star yeah a movie star legit movie star she's just shoot him shoot no. him crazy <laughs> yeah, just shooting Gracie. It's like, oh, who are you? I'm Cal, and this is Biff from Centerville. I don't like liars. <laughs> we got robbed on a train. They took all of our money. We've been walking for days. Blah, blah, blah. Do as I say. Gracie, don't shoot him. I trust him. Whatever.
1: You guys like stew?
0: I'm Lori Lake, because they can't fucking help themselves with alliteration.
1: Neither could the comics, so leave it off.
0: I, it's just... Sometimes it's sad.
1: Archie Andrews and Jughead Jones.
0: I know, I'm aware. So it, it's that night, they're eating outside, and Archie's like, um, where is everyone? Because this farm this big should have more people. Lori Lake explains that the men in town are at a job downriver and our father and brother went with them. And they come back every now and then, but they're gone right now. And she asks them, do you guys need a place to stay for the night? Joke is like, no, we're, we're good. We'll be fine. And Archie wants to stay. Let's do some farm work to help you out. Okay, great. So they go into the barn, and Jughead's like, this is not a good idea.
1: Jug's burger senses tingling. Mm
0: -hmm. There's something about this place that weirds me out. It's a little too American Gothic, even for me. (laughs) And Jughead points out that it seems like Lori is lying to them about her brother and father. And Archie's like, what, like the way we're lying, Cal?
1: You stupid, stupid boy.
0: Yeah, and so Lori brings him a blanket. She clearly overheard a part of that. She leaves, and Jughead just gives Archie a look, and he's like, what? (laughs) 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 You're so fucking dumb. The next morning, we get some beefcake Archie hauling hay. Where the fuck are his scars? Where is his stab wound, and where is his brand?
1: I don't really care. KJ was very, very hot in this scene.
0: The makeup department is fired. Fired.
1: That's fine. Damn, KJ. Well done.
0: He's pretty, but he also is not as bulky as he used to be. Jughead comes up and is just like, all right, I'm going to town to take pictures before we hit the road. Remember, like we said we would. Are you going to be okay? Archie's like, I think I'll be fine, Jughead.
1: No, no, you won't. Cut to Walking Dead.
0: Walking Dead. So Jughead's walking around an empty town. He sees lots of runic symbols and a giant gargoyle painted on the side of a building. And then he runs into a creepy old woman who's just staring into the
1: distance. He used to run the gas station, I guess. Yeah. Do we know where the fuck we are? Like, no. I see the Athens thing, so is that the city we're in, or is it outside Centerville? It has to be outside Centerville for them to be from
0: Centerville, so we don't know exactly where they are. ah. <sighs> Doug had asked this lady, you know, he's like, hey, I'm a little lost and I saw these symbols and they don't look as faded as some of the other things. Do you know what they mean? And the woman starts rattling on that the town wasn't like this. First it was Jingle Jangle and now we're back to
1: Fizzle Rocks. And apparently she has a main accent while she's doing this. First it was the Jingle Jangle, then it was the Fizzle Rocks. This town used to be normal. And she's like, the symbols showed up around the same time
0: as the Fizzle Rocks. So golly! Well, what the funk? Who woulda thunk it? Cut back to Archie and Lori's gonna give him a shave.
1: <laughs> this is when I literally just went, "You fucking idiot!" This like is... you think, oh, this is gonna be sexy times. It's like she has a straight edge razor to your fucking neck, you doofus. It's
0: like, wait, wait, I wanna do. Let's let's make a porno. Oh wait. This goes on regular television. We can't do that. Okay. Cut it out.
1: Cut it out. <laughs> oh, well, all I'm thinking is she's going to cut you, you doof bag. Well, yeah. Hello. She's going to pull Sweeney Todd. Uh huh.
0: So they're talking and whatever, and they start kissing and she straddles him.
1: Ew, 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 ew. ew, uh, ew, ew. Gross.
0: But I will say, Archie does say, I'm sorry. I can't do this. There's a girl back home. Good job, Archie. Yeah, I, I, I do. Pre- he's like, even though we're not together anymore, I still love her. And so she's like, so if you love her, why are you here? And he's so fucking stupid. <laughs> and he says that he's Archie Andrews, and it's Hiram Lodge. And I'm sorry, I lied to you. And she's do like, Do you not
1: a- think that farm folk read papers, Like... Of course, just fucking stupid Archie. She she probably knew who the fuck you were the second you walked on her farm. Maybe not, but she's
0: like, "Mm, you're running from something. I'm going to find out who it is. At the very least. She's not that stupid. No. She's like, okay, Archie, it'll be all right. Let me go get you some lunch. She leaves. And Jughead, we cut back over to him. He's still wandering around. He comes across some girls you were sitting in the bed of a truck playing Griffins and Gargoyles. And they see him and they're like, oh, are you a king? And he starts talking back and forth about, I used to be a Hellcaster. I'm a level three on my way to four. And he finds out that these girls learned to play from their older brothers before they left town because they went to work building a prison. And another girl says, well, my brother told me it's not just for prisoners. It's for making fizzle rocks, too. So we figure out, okay, prison doubles as a drug lab. They make a comment about where he's staying, and that oh, that's Gracie's house, and she thinks she's better than us, even though her daddy works for the man in black, just like ours. And Jughead asks, "Who's that?" And like, well, he he's always in a black suit, and he gets driven around in a black car. This town is his now. So yep. so obviously, we make the connection that it's Hiram. Of course. Then we go back to the farm. Lori has brought Archie more eggs. He starts eating, chowing down, and she hits him over the head with a frying pan.
1: Kabong, Riverdale. This is the dumbest story. It it is. It really is the stupidest one of the three. It told us nothing. Nothing. That we didn't already know. It tells us one thing. What Jughead learns in this scene Mm -hmm. is important. Because what we're learning is, it's not just Centerville. Hiram is beginning to buy up all of these towns and buy out all the workforce in them to do whatever he's doing. Mm. So Hiram is clearly on some sort of war path here. That is important to something later on. We don't know what yet. Archie, we just learn how not to be a moron. Mm. <laughs>
0: So we come back and Jughead has returned to the farm and he sees Hiram Lodge show up in his black car in a black suit and he's being led into the farmhouse. He goes to the barn. Archie's all bound and gagged and so he lets him go and he's like, come on, we're going to make a run for it and because this is the stupidest thing Archie's fucking done. He's like, let's stay and fight. I got to end this. And he starts looking around. He finds garden shears. (laughs) And... (laughs) Or hedge clippers, whatever. And Jughead's like, no, this is a
1: bad idea. Trust me. We are two against four and they have guns.
0: Yeah. And like Arch is like, I can kill him. I know. I know you can, but we got to go. This is not the time to do this fight. So they hear the footsteps approaching and they take off. They run and they leave and Hiram and Laurie are on their way. We see them. Lori's like, just so we're clear. And Hiram says, yeah, yeah. In exchange for Archie, your brother and your dad go free and their debts are paid. So like now we kind of know that the prison is like a work camp company store type thing. Like they they have to stay there.
1: Well, that's the only way they're keeping the farm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably. Also, the only reason that Archie stands down Mm -hmm. (laughs) is that Jughead frantically finding anything to cling on to. Tells him, would Veronica ever forgive you? It's so bad. It's
0: horrible. We cut to them running in the field, like running away. And Jughead says, you know, for a second back there, I didn't think you were going to listen to me. Neither did I, Jug. Neither did I. You were right about one thing, though. Hiram's going to follow you or us wherever we go. And we're always going to be outnumbered and outgunned. So Archie's like, so what's the plan? And Jughead's just like, we'll go see my mom. And Archie's like, are you sure that's a good idea? And Jughead's just like, you got a better idea? So it's finally time to get to Gladys and Jellybean. Yay! Knew that was coming for this episode, or the next episode, so it's not really, like, brand new information. Meanwhile, Veronica. get a title card. I love it. Veronica is packing up her stuff from her room, and I do need to say, I've looked at everything. I do not see any instance of her wearing pearls at all this season, and she has stopped wearing her Archie locket. So she is wearing a necklace, but it's it's, it's of no consequence. it's for fashion uh but yeah veronica's packing up her stuff hermione comes in like what are you doing i'm leaving and hermione's just like i know you're upset about archie but you can't go running after him
1: i'm not going after archie
0: then what is this all about and Veronica, you know, just shoves the paper and we see that Sheriff Manetta's missing. Hermione's just like, look, Manetta was a corrupt man and he had enemies. And Veronica's like, is that a murder confession? And Hermione is offended by this. I sincerely hope you don't believe I'm capable of and Veronica cuts in. She goes, I don't even know what you're capable of, which is why I'm leaving the house. And maybe you should too. And she just takes off. Mm-hmm. So she goes to the speakeasy, and she's like, it's not the five seasons, but it'll do. Barf. But, you know, she sets up a little bed for herself in one of the booths. She's got a sleep mask on. The alarm clock goes off, and she is up early in the morning mopping the floor at Pops.
1: She is a strong, independent, independent lady.
0: Damn it. <laughs> Pop Pops comes in, and he's like, man, what time did you get here? And she's like, I just, you know. Bird and the worm, bird and the worm. We cut to later that day in the speakeasy. She's talking with Reggie. Reggie's being her bar. I love Reggie the bartender. I just love Reggie the bartender. He's so cute and he's really good at it. It reminds me of Ted dancing a (laughs) sandalone. It's just, it makes me happy.
1: Yeah, but totally a teen.
0: Yeah, I mean, (laughs) he's still got dumb, dumb Reggie face, but still. Reggie's like, you know, are you still bummed about Archie? And Veronica's like, yeah, but we're barely making money. And the one thing I learned from my father is that Steady is one bad week away from being broke. So we've got to make some money.
1: Because there's four people in there drinking one cocktail each, playing Griffins and Gargoyles. Well,
0: here's what's funny about that table. That table's meant to represent the core four. Because if you look at who's playing, you've got someone in a Riverdale Letterman jacket, you have a serpent, and you have a cheerleader. And I can't really see much about the fourth person, but it's another girl. (laughs) Two boys, two girls. Like that's the core four. That's what that's set there to represent. Aw. Which is cute. And kind of sad. And kind of sad because they're all separate this time. Reggie's like picking up on the vibe and he's like, oh, so what you're saying is we need to start a side hustle. I love that Reggie's just like, all right, we'll do some bad shit.
1: All right, let's do it. That's like, Reggie. Yeah, I love Reggie. They both just light up. It's all like, right. Yay, Reggie and Veronica.
0: So now we got Elio's there talking to Veronica. They're going to do a casino night. And they argue back and forth. And Elio's going to get 25% of the money. And Veronica says, look keep this arrangement between us, we don't want any third parties sticking their noses into our business. And she's referring to both Hiram and Elio's father.
1: And Elio wants a guarantee on his return to which Veronica reveals that she has
0: taken out a second mortgage on Pops and how is that fucking possible? She's 16 years old. This is bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) I want to talk to that banker because I want a
1: loan. (laughs) So fucking stupid (laughs) so fucking stupid she owns pops and they did kind of emancipate her to run part of lodge industries
0: but lodge industries doesn't own it veronica lodge does but she's still a minor she's not been emancipated to make her own legal financial decisions it makes no fucking sense
1: i think they're banking on that one moment where they said we brought her in the business now legally allows her to do whatever in this universe no which Suspension of disbelief, I guess it does, but it is I just... no
0: suspension of disbelief. This bullshit.
1: Yes, this is a documentary. This is all real, and it's all know, going right? on.
0: It is. It is very real. We cut back to Veronica working upstairs at Pops. She's you know behind the counter. Hiram comes in and is just like, your mother's worried about you, and so am I. We both know you're struggling ever since Archie abandoned you, but I heard that you're hosting a casino night. And Veronica's like, and? It's like, I can't believe you went to one of our competitors for advice instead of me. And, you know, you're inviting a bunch of criminals over to play. And he's like, you know, times must be tough. That basically are cheaters and criminals and they're going to rob you blind. And Veronica's just like, go away. Hiram is just, he keeps pushing it. And is like, I came here to remind you who your true allies are, your mother and I, and we'll always be there for you. Because we're family. Veronica just looks at him and says, get out, daddy. She needs to stop calling him fucking daddy. I know. I get it. It's from the comics. But when she's talking to him about business, she needs to stop playing the daddy card. She needs to look at him and call him Hiram. Because not only will that hurt him emotionally, but it's also, let's level the playing field here a little bit more.
1: But there's something else I noticed. Hmm. The second he walks out the door... She starts grabbing at her neck. Yep. So there's a reason why she's still calling him that because she's not really. Well, it's not like she got
0: rid of her pearls. She still has them. And those are going to show up whenever she wants to pretend that she's got fealty to her father or her mother, for that matter.
1: But what if she does in this moment? What if that was a a specific choice? It could be a specific choice, but it's also just a nervous tick.
0: When she's thinking about Archie, when she's nervous about it, what she's going to do, It's she's either got the pearls on or she's got the necklace. Now she has nothing because she doesn't have either tether right now. So what is she going to do? She's missing something. Yeah. Literally and figuratively.
1: Also, may I say, can I have a cafe con leche? Yes. Pours a cup of coffee. Here you go. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Probably should
0: have spit spitting it at this
1: point. Right, but right after he goes, nice uniform.
0: <laughs> All right, so now we're at casino night. Reggie's pants are just too much.
1: He's he is seventies tastic, yo. Uh,
0: he's got the big velvety tie, like it's adorable, and his pants are fabulous. But it's just too much. Can I say
1: though? I like the fact that he's a football player, but makes very bold fashion choices. He looks really hot this season, <laughs> right? Like. When he, when he was doing his,
0: his great Pulp Fiction style, I was like, that's nice. Like, it's great. They've done a perfect job with him this season of making him look like Reggie from the comics, but also looking like a 16-year-old. So Veronica's like, oh, you know, we're going to make a bank. And Reggie's like, okay, look, he's going to break the bank. Elio is on a hot streak, and he's gonna he's going to bankrupt us.
1: But I thought the house always wins.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, I'm not surprised because my father said Ellie is a criminal from a family of criminals. And Reggie's like, you want me to rough him up? Throw him out? (laughs) He's he's ready to fight. Reggie the
1: pit boss.
0: Veronica says, no, that's not how things are done here, especially not to a member of a crime family. Veronica Lodge is not about to go quietly into the night. So she heads over to the table. They're playing blackjack. And she decides to one-up him. She puts the deed to... Pops and the speakeasy on the line. Winner takes all. She wins with a twenty one.
1: Hits on nineteen.
0: Yeah, she goes a hit on a nineteen. Elio's just like that that's impossible. And Veronica's just like, the house always wins, isn't that what they say? And they leave. And so later that night, Veronica and Reggie are talking, and Reggie's like, You made so much money, we're in the black, this is amazing and I, I you could have lost it all. And Veronica's like, Well, can you keep a secret. so a couple hours before casino night, my father summoned me to his study. Also, don't ever fucking go back to that study ever again, you dumb, dumb bitch. If you want to be taken seriously, like all of this bullshit from her is I want to be taken seriously. Stop acting like a little girl. But she still is a little girl. But stop it. Not in this universe. In this universe, she's not a little girl. She's got a trust fund. She's buying business. Like this is so stupid. Stupid. This bugs me more than anything else. This bugs me almost more than Archie right now.
1: No, I buy this more, honestly. I really do now that now that we talk about it. I buy it because the whole thing is being set up to show she has some reservations about how much she hates her dad. And I, yes, I think it's, she's looking for some kind of figure to fill whatever gap that Archie's left, but it's playing really well in this moment.
0: Hiram tells her what's going to go down and says, hey, you need to beat him at his own game. He's a compulsive gambler. The bigger the pot, the harder it is for him to say no. And may I suggest this dude, he's got nimble fingers.
1: Johnny Goldwater.
0: Yeah. So Veronica cheats to win money and keep her property and get rid of Elio. Great. The end. Reggie is super excited. He's like, wow, you scammed the scammer. The next day, Veronica's back working, you know, she's mopping at Pop's and Pop comes in and he's like, you know, this this place has been in my family for generations. It's a family place at heart. It's crime free. And Veronica's like, hey, you know, we weren't making money and either was the diner. So I had to bend the rules. And Pop's just looks at her and is like, for your own sake, Veronica, don't be like your father. And Veronica, again, she's trying to defend her dad. Like, maybe he's not so bad, deep down. And Pop says, you haven't seen the news yet, have you? Sheriff Mineta's body was found in a marsh pit last night. At least they think it's his body. They don't know for sure, because it was decapitated. And the hands were sawed off. Well, fuck. Oh,
1: damn.
0: Oh, fuck. Fuckity, fuck, fuck, fuck. Oh, hi, Betty. Oh, yes, now we're at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. We get a title card that says, Betty. I love the internal monologue from Betty because it's the audience, for one, but it's also a lot Alice. Uh Uh-huh. It is that part of Betty that is just like Alice. It's not too much, but like, you psycho bitch. That's all. That's so Alice. It's not even funny.
1: Make them think you're sane and then you can investigate.
0: Yes, I was right. I was absolutely right.
1: Of course you were.
0: I'm so smart. Thank you for to me. Okay, TV. So Betty, Betty is doing a Rorschach test with Sister Woodhouse and yeah, she's telling herself, "Okay, just just pass the test and then you can start investigating, just act sane." And we see her, she's lying. She says, it's a butterfly instead of the black hood. It's the Riverdale Elementary instead of, you know, a dead body. And you know, it's.
1: She's digging those nails, nails
0: in. in. Yeah, we haven't seen that in a while nails in the palm. Then we cut to them getting in line. You know, it's time for your candy. Betty's like, what is this? Like, oh, every patient gets candy for good behavior. So Betty looks in and she goes, oh, it's fizzle rocks, AKA drugs. Why are the sisters dosing us up with the same stuff the Midnight Club took the night Principal Featherhead's murder? and so Betty takes the cup, but she doesn't she doesn't eat it, and then she sees one of the nurse's sisters flipping through a bunch of files and she's like, "Hmm, I wonder what's in my file?" Hmm, So she goes to her room and she's looking at the drugs and she throws them in the trash, which is so fucking stupid, you flush that shit. You flush your drugs. I mean, you're not supposed to be as bad for the environment, but in terms of an insane asylum, you flash the damn pills. Just, just, yeah. So then Ethel walks in. How are you settling in, roomie? Oh, no. Oh, what are you doing here? Oh, Sister Woodhouse thought you might benefit from having a roommate. Who's familiar with the system around here? Internal Betty. What a nightmare. <laughs> so, like. Ethel has a warrior board that helps her manifest her goals.
1: Which her goals are to be BFFs with with the Gargoyle gargoyle King.
0: King And and Betty's internal model. If I didn't already have an escape plan, I'd really start going crazy. (laughs) And then she also mentions, I just have to find the door marked X that Veronica used to break Cheryl out. So that's good. They've shared all that information.
1: So Ethel's talking about how she's gotten very close with the Gargoyle King.
0: You're saying that you've actually been talking to the Gargoyle King in person? And Ethel's like, yeah, totally. And Betty's like, you you should introduce me. And we find out that that is Sister Woodhouse's job. That when you misbehave, you have to go see the Gargoyle King. That's weird. And Betty asks a few more questions. And Ethel's like, no, no, that's Sister Woodhouse's job. But you'd tell Jughead... And Ethel's like, oh, about Jughead. I wasn't going to mention this, but since you brought it up, Betty, I don't think Jughead's into you anymore. We connected when we played the game together and things got pretty hot and heavy in the bunker.
1: This psycho Psycho
0: bitch. bitch. (laughs) Okay. Shannon Purser's delivery is amazing. Yes. Lily's face is amazing. And that that voiceover is the best.
1: (laughs) You psycho. Yeah, he told me all about how you blackmailed him into kissing you.
0: I knew you would do this. You've always acted like you're better than me. You and all your shallow friends. This isn't Riverdale High. Okay, this scene just proves how perfect my idea was to have Ethel be the class president and turn into the queen bitch of the school. It would have been so amazing instead of this garbage storyline
1: for Ethel. Ugh, this isn't a garbage storyline, though.
0: It is for Ethel.
1: This twist around for Ethel is really freaking cool.
0: This isn't a twist around. She's just the sad girl who gets taken advantage of. I don't think she's being taken advantage of. Oh, she's definitely being taken advantage of. Well, by the Gargoyle King. Yeah, this whole system, like, they're all being taken advantage of. But her as a person, I mean, she had all that bullshit in season one with Chuck and then, ugh, oh, I just, I fucking hate what they've done with Hazel Because they could have done a lot of cool shit with her. And Shannon Perser is way better than this character has written. They've just made her sad and pathetic. And then she's also the big girl. So that's a trope that they play out all the time. And it's not a comment about Shannon Perser. That is a comment on the trope. There's Whenever there's a girl in a high school story who's not stick thin, she's sad. She's just the sad girl. And I hate this because Shannon Purser is amazing. And this is one of those areas where Riverdale could have gone super cool and done something interesting. But no, she's the sad, mind-controlled girl. So Ethel sees that Betty's not taking her candy. And Betty's like, oh, could you please not tell anybody? Can you keep that between us, broomie? Ethel's just like, okay, it'll be our little secret. But you should really take the candy. It's super delicious.
1: Betty makes... <laughs> the biggest puppy dog eyes. Please, thank you thank it's cute you.
0: so then we go out into
1: the yard and all of the hostages
0: <laughs> are, are doing yard work <laughs> we see a blossom maple syrup truck show up and betty notes in her head the sisters don't serve maple syrup in the cafeteria and why would claudius blossom be making a delivery so should we see Claudius get out of the truck and it's like he's helping deliver. And then we see Hiram show up and go talk to Sister Woodhouse. So Betty asks the girl next to her, who is that? Oh, they call him the man in black. He's an angel donor and he helps the sisters with anything that they need. Isn't that nice of him? Betty's like, yeah, it's amazing. But then she starts thinking to herself like, oh, Hiram was the one who brought the Fizzle rights to Ascension Night. And she gets back to work and it's like, okay, you know, she's doing the mental work, putting things together, being a Betty Drew. I mean, it's drugs.
1: It's a drug delivery. It's true. Dr- because that was always what was in the farmhouse. Was drugs.
0: Yeah. You said, like, okay, the maple syrup is drugs. And I keep thinking, okay, well, maybe they manufacture this. Fizzle Rock's using the sugar content that's I don't know. No. I'm trying I'm trying to science it up in my brain.
1: But no, they it's... just deliver drugs that they then put into the fizzle rocks packages. That's yeah, probably that's all it is. So Betty walks the halls alone.
0: Yeah, so she's wandering down, she's searching, she's, you know, trying to open doors and she's kinda gotten turned around a lot. She's trying to find the records room because she wants to see her file. And she comes up against this door that's very ornate and she's like, Oh this must be the Gargoyle King's chamber. All right. And so she hears some screaming and some yelling. So she's able to hide in a closet. And through the window, she sees a girl being taken out of that chamber, screaming, hyperventilating. It's just ridiculous. So once they all pass, Betty comes back out and Ethel finds her like, this area's off limits. But it's like, do you know where the medical archives are? Sister Agnes sent me to fetch them. Like Betty Your lying is really shitty right now. Ethel's like, silly Betty, only the infirm are allowed to go to the infirmary. It's time to go back to your room now while I'm watching.
1: To be fair, her lying is more of a cover to make sure Ethel doesn't get the idea that she's escaping.
0: Yeah. So now they're in the common room and people are doing their...
1: One Flew Over the Sister's Nest?
0: Yes. Impressions? Yes. Yes. And Betty's like, okay, acting normal. This is me acting normal. All I need is a pen, a bobby pin that hasn't pulled down, or a paper clip. So she finds paper paperclip. Bingo. Ethel is leading a game of Griffins and Gargles. She's like, oh, Betty, come play with us. No, thanks. Betty, you said we were friends, and friends play together. And Betty says to herself, this isn't how I imagined getting myself to those medical files, but since only the infirm go to the infirmary. You want to be real friends, Ethel? That's weird because real friends don't kiss each other's boyfriends. And, oh, this is just, this is amazing.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ethel says, that's because the Gargoyle King wants jugheaded and me to be together. Oh, yeah, we're going to be a ship. Which is also hilarious because she was reading that book called Ship It earlier in the season. And Betty just goes, oh. Ethelhead in your dreams.
1: Yeah, she's Alice Coopering it up.
0: Oh, so perfect. And Ethel's just like, You're, you're just jealous because you're not worthy. And Betty says to herself, Here we go. She fakes a seizure. It's a really nice fall she did. Yeah. It's great. Everyone's like, Oh my goodness, let's take her to the infirmary. All right, so now we're at the infirmary. Well, they bought it. They actually believe I had a seizure. <laughs> So she gets up, she goes and finds her file and it, she reads, two doses of bulio lapis, mornings only, sporadic seizures, patient seems to be responding well to testing, per HL, increased dosage after first week. HL, oh my God, it's Hiram Lodge. What does he want? What is bulio lapis? Unless it's fizzle rocks. I don't think HL is Hiram. I think it's Hermione.
1: Yeah, I'm starting to agree with you.
0: I haven't put all the pieces together. But it makes more sense that she is the Gargoyle King. Now, not the person in the suit, because that's both a vision and just somebody fucking around. Who I am starting to think that Charles, the real Charles, is in the suit. Because he was clearly at Sisters of Quiet Mercy. So he would know all about all of this shit. He would be in on it. It would also explain why Hermione had the files on her desktop. Of her computer with that symbol. It would also tie into how she could be using those cards to send messages to the warden, and she showed up just after he killed himself. I could see her having shown up to make sure that he did kill himself. And I think that Hiram could be the public pawn for the illegal industry so that when shit goes down, she can say it's all his fault. He's the one who did it.
1: Not to mention. What is her line in the Midnight Club? She just wishes she could give up all of her moral responsibilities. Yeah,
0: she was just... I've always wanted to be someone who could give up their moral compass. Oh, absolutely. And that was the thing that started getting it to me. I was like, okay. Hiram and his family always had the fizzle rocks. That was always a thing.
1: But she's taken
0: it and turned it into something else.
1: Hermione told Archie, I'm the boss.
0: Exactly. And that's the thing that I kept coming back to. We never saw any fruit of that. Which we, that was one of the things we were mad about them never picking back up. Okay, so let's say we're playing a very long game here and we've decided that's how we're going to pick that back up. Because I legitimately don't think they knew in season two. No.
1: But if they figured it out now, good for them. This
0: could work. And also, it's more interesting for a story if it's Hermione and not Hiram. Because we know Hiram's a villain. Duh. But Hermione, we keep getting these little bits where she's like, I'm not capable of that. He's my husband. And it's like, this is a game and a ruse. X marks the spot. Betty goes after to find the door marked with an X. She finds said door. She opens it and it's been bricked closed.
1: When it happened, I was like, oh, and then I went, well, duh. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you
0: don't think that they would have made... Some changes. When Cheryl fucking Blossom gets
1: out of your place. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Ethel finds her. and She's like, Sister Woodhouse. But it's like, I just got lost again. I told you she was up to no good. Restrain her. No. So they force candy down her throat. And as they're doing this, Ethel is looking up. My king, my savior, guide me through the night. Bless me with your darkness. Give me your flight. And Sister Woodhouse... You know, as they're leading Betty off, there's like she needs a good, strong talking to from the king, I think. And Ethel's like, I was wrong. You are going to meet the king. And they throw her into the chamber. And we don't see what Betty sees. We just see her starting to freak out and we see a red light pulsing against her face.
1: Until the door shuts and then everything goes dark.
0: Mm hmm. So then we cut back to Sister Woodhouse's office and Betty is being given the Rorschach test again. Only now she's giving the real answers that she was pretending not to see previously. A dead body, black hood, the gargoyle king. And once she says the gargoyle king, we cut from Betty's face to Sister Woodhouse and behind her is the gargoyle king. Mm -hmm. And Sister Woodhouse says, you've already made progress. And Betty starts to say, my king, my savior, guide me through the night. Bless me with your darkness. Give me with your flight. And as she says that, her head starts to tilt up and the camera follows. Riverdale.
1: So the moral of today's story is don't do drugs.
0: Don't do drugs. Don't be a criminal. Don't be stupid.
1: Boy, howdy.
0: That's what we've learned from our friends.
1: Well, we need to go watch a preview.
0: But before we do that, just as a little reminder... That if you want to get our exclusive Patreon content and our drive through episodes on Friday, you need to become a Patreon member at the $2 and up level. We've also got our Chilling Adventures of Sabrina coverage going on right now. Ooh. Ooh. Praise Satan. <laughs> (laughs) That is our favorite phrase from that show. It is too, too fun. And we will have those released every week while we go on hiatus from Riverdale. But if you're not ready to become a Patreon member, review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all the places that you listen to our podcast.
1: All right, let's go watch this preview.
0: Okay. To 43 to outbreak. It's gonna be biblical. <laughs> well, we get our first look at Gina Gershon as Gladys Jones, and I can't remember the actress's name as Jelly Bean Jones.
1: <laughs> Jughead?
0: Jelly Bean? I like the they're, they're working in a mechanic shop. That's cool. Very smart. Love it. Very, very makes makes a lot of sense. Cheerleaders are getting poisoned. Penelope is getting doused in something that she licks in a
1: really creepy fucking way. Oh, that would be syrup, I I'm, imagine. I'm guessing it's syrup. Everybody's going to go crazy.
0: Everybody's going to crazy. It's called Outbreak, so I don't know.
1: It is good to see that Betty has regained her agency. Oh, yes. And I believe has led some of the other girls against Sister Woodhouse.
0: I don't know if I get that, but...
1: She's saying plural, so she's not only talking to Betty
0: there. Maybe. Betty clearly has all of her faculties back at some point. Mm -hmm. And she has restrained Sister Woodhouse in the Gargoyle King's chamber. I bet Betty's wanting to summon the Gargoyle King, so she can talk to him. Possible. Which, re- again, just makes me think for sure that the whoever's playing the Gargoyle King dress-up-wise is Charles. Yeah. It could be Chick, but it, I, it's
1: Charles. <laughs> I think it's Charles. Well, Chick is supposed to come back We some know point. Chick
0: is coming back this season, so that'd be a really interesting wink and a nod for him to come back. And as far as we know, Hal is still in prison, so it's not him.
1: No, it's not Hal. So...
0: I don't know. I'm really excited.
1: All right. Until next time.
0: Hashtag go Bulldogs. Thanks for listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.